All right. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about some fun stuff. And we're going to be talking about God's plan versus the enemy's plan, how to tap into God's divine blueprint. Linda's going to be joining us. Am I late? There she is. <laughs> we're going to be talking I'm about so sorry. how to harness God's <laughs> passive multiplication approach, which this is so cool. I've been exploring this. Right. Um, and I'm excited to dive into this. We're going to be talking about the middle class versus a wealthy mindset and why it has nothing to do with how much you earn. Mm. And, um, and anyway, and so a lot of this is stuff that I feel like I've really been mulling over and um, just working through a lot lately. And so um, I'm kind of bringing you in on this. I know. And we, I mean, share we've some talked of this about this you, for but, a while, but... Yeah, but it's like, like I'm pulling some of these thoughts together. together. Yeah. And this is all part of a true financial freedom, um, our six-week class. Um, yeah, just kind of an update that we're doing to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anyway, I'm excited to share all this and kind of dive in. Linda's got her milkshake from the holy Chick-fil-A. Is it gone? It's, it's you gone. You gobbled it down. You got it done. All things money are better when Every you have a milkshake <laughs> or ice cream involved. So, oh, man. anyway, um, I want to start kind of going through all this, uh, just kind of by going through an illustration of something that has blown my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think you're never going to look at an apple the same way again. Okay. That's the goal. Yeah. So, um, let me just kind of flip. I'm going to share my screen and let me come back over here real quick. Yeah. Go find the one you want them to see. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, let's come over here. Boom. Uh, <laughs> I want to, yeah, this is, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy to me. So I began just kind of doing the math on what happens if you take an apple, plant the seeds, and just kind of go down this path, essentially following God's plan of multiplication. Mm -hmm. Like, what does this look like? And, uh, and anyway, and this is really, really crazy, okay? So I, you know, I did a little research on this. The average apple has about five seeds in it, okay? Somewhere from five to seven seeds. But for our cases, we're going to take the more conservative number and say an apple has five seeds in it, okay? So you get an apple. You have an apple today. I have an apple, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm getting hungry. I want an apple now. <laughs> and we take these five seeds out, okay? And then we go ahead and plant them, mm -hmm. okay? Seven years later, um, we have a fruit-bearing tree. It takes somewhere from five to seven years, this is all based on research I've done about apple trees. Um, we have grown an apple tree, but we don't have one at this house right here. Uh, but anyway, five to seven years later, that is now a fruit-bearing tree, okay? And the average apple tree, again, based on research I did, generates about 500 apples per year, okay? So you have one apple. Seven years later, you now have 2,500 apples as a result of those five trees that are planted and the, what it bears in that single year, okay? So now... We have 2,500 apples. We take those five seeds out of each one of those apples and we plant them, okay? And so this is a theoretical thought experiment just to see like what happens, how far this goes, how fast it goes and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So we take that and then, um, so we now have 2,500 trees because each, or yeah, just following each one of these lines. So we have 500 apples here based off of this one tree. And then that turns into 2,500 trees because each one is five seeds, right? So you're following the math. Mm -hmm. Add this whole column up, we have 12,500 trees, okay? And then seven years later, those trees produce 6.2 million apples. At, so at year 14, we have gone from one single apple to 6.2 million apples just in 14 years. I know you've done the math on this, but I, I'm, my brain is having a hard time. 
<laughs> understanding how this is possible. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and every, anybody who's welcome to check my math on it. Um, but yeah, so at I'll 14, just you. yeah, <laughs> so at 14 years, we have 6.2 million apples. Now, again, each apple is going to have five seeds. And so we take that, each one of these is going to have five different seeds. So this one single thread right here turns into 6.2 million trees. Okay, so each one of these is 6.2 million unbelievable. trees. Unbelievable. So now we're at whatever 30 million trees are all planted. Okay, but this is where it gets bonkers. This is where it gets crazy. Okay. By year 21, seven years later, we now have 15.5 billion, with a B, apples. 15.5 billion apples, okay? Um, and then we follow this one more generation out to 28 years, and we now have 78 billion, not apples, but trees. 78 billion fruit-bearing trees, which, if you're curious, is enough for one human um, on uh, every single human on the entire earth to have their own orchard of what? See, Eight to 10 trees. That That is insane. And just a, so, <clears throat> our son was just talking about this the other day. He was, he's got some book that he was reading to us in the car and he was like, how many, like how long is a million seconds? Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, let's see. 12 days. How many is a billion seconds? 30 years. Yeah. So million and billion, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around what that looks like. But, but when that you consider, was really helpful for me. Yeah. 12 days versus 30 years. I didn't realize it was that yeah. big of a leap. Yeah. So the thing to remember, or, or just a, like conceptually, I can understand the world is huge. It's insane. And when I think that in 30 years, I can take one apple in my hand and turn it into an orchard for every human being on the planet, like, that's crazy. But yeah. the point of this is that this is the multiplication process that God created, that we can see through all kinds of different things that and he created. it's fascinating how fast that happens. Yes. And it feels slow because we planted an apple tree. And I'm like, year after year, yeah, there's no like, fruit. There's this, like, this thing is taking <laughs> this is forever. Awful. What is it going to produce? Yeah. But that multiplying factor, like, it's, it's just absolutely crazy. And so... I want you, every time you pick an apple up, to be thinking about this and remembering this crazy multiplication effect that God has put into mm -hmm. place. And the, yeah, the thing to remember with this is we're looking at the 78 billion trees, and it all was kickstarted by a single apple. Yeah. And, and I think what's powerful to me is that when I look back and I think about this, like, we had a choice on whether or not we were going to plant those seeds or whether we were just going to eat them or throw mm -hmm. them away. And that is, I don't know, that's a really, really powerful thing when I think about the decisions that I'm making with my money yeah. and what we're doing, you know? And, um, you know, so, so we have this opportunity to work with God's um, system of multiplication that he has set in place, or we can work against it, mm -hmm. okay? And so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, God's design for multiplication and what this whole thing looks like, you know, because... He set something in motion, you know, with pretty much every created thing that he, um, not maybe not created, but living thing that he created. Right. Um, yeah. And so, so that's what's happening here. So, you know, and we see this like with animals, we see this with plants and trees, we see this with human beings. Yeah. Um, you know, what was the thing you were telling me about before? Yeah. It was that God put seed in everything that he wanted to multiply or yeah. to reproduce. Yeah. 
So, and I was even using the illustration of the sun, right? Like the sun is valuable, we need it, but we don't need more than one. If we have more than one, then there's a problem. Yeah, so he didn't want, he didn't want more that to than one sun. Reproduce. He just wanted the one. But the things that he did want to multiply. He put seed in it. Yes, and I love that. I think that's really, really great. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, like, yeah. So I'm, I'm having like, this is all really fresh, guys. And I'm, I mean, because I've written about this a while ago, but I'm, yeah. I'm still getting revelations from it. And so I'm really, really excited. But just tapping into the word here and this, this concept of multiplication, you mm -hmm. know, so this starts in Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the very beginning, God says, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Right? Multiply, multiply. Um, in Deuteronomy 7, it says, 7.13, he said, he will love you, bless you, and multiply you. Okay? 2 Corinthians 9.10 said, he who uh, supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply mm. your seed for sowing it, increase the harvest of your righteousness. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then back to Genesis 8.22, which is the, um, right here, the, uh, the verse that our whole brand is based <laughs> off of. God says that um, these four different things will always remain. He said, um, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, and seed time. And harvest. It will always remain this this process that he set in place for planting a seed and reaping a harvest of more than what you put in. This whole idea of multiplication. This is very fascinating. Yeah. What is it? What are the four again? Um, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, and seed time and harvest. He says, as long as the earth endures, these will never cease. Is that interesting to anybody else? I like I'm I know I'm going off on a tangent, but that's why we're here, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking about, stick with me, the global warming issue. Of, mm -hmm. And I just think that it's interesting that the Bible is saying, well, this is never going to go away. Cold and heat is never going to go away. Yeah. And so if there's going to be heat, there's also going to be cold. I don't know. I'm just, it's just, it's just yeah. an interesting thought. Yeah. Summer and winter always yeah. have to be there. Day and yep. night always have to be there. It's just making me think about lots of different implications of, of it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's all. Yeah. I'm not going to get political. I, that, that's not what I'm here for. But <laughs> it's just, it's nice when you hear the world panic and then you read something that is the yeah. truth. Yeah. That's all. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No, that's good. Okay. So can keep moving anyway, on. kind of following along these lines a little bit, um, God has a plan for multiplication. Mm -hmm. And I want to get to in a minute, just, uh, I, I think you probably are catching some of how this can apply to our finances, but we're going to get really concrete in just a few minutes here. Mm -hmm. um, so the way that it works, like God's design is that we never eat all of our seed. That's the intention, you know? So we get a harvest of any form, you eat some seed, but then you plant some seed, right? You never want to eat all of your seed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then that creates a harvest and you eat some and you plant some, you know, and you keep doing this over and over again. And this leads to um, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, you know, that whole thing of this is what it says. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Mm -hmm. And this just makes sense, you know, yeah. like I have a friend who gave me some um, tomatoes last year because um, I had some extra in their garden. So he was living this out. He had more tomatoes than he needed. He shared them with me. I took some seeds from one of those tomatoes and now I'm planting 
those tomato seeds in our garden. They're growing right now. And those tomato seeds are going to bear fruit and hopefully a lot. And then we will share that with other people. And then right. they could take those seeds and plant their own. But it's like, I don't need to ask my friend for tomatoes this year because he gave me the seeds. I planted them. And like this process, it's just so fascinating. I feel like when we as believers get a hold of this, yeah. like it just changes the game on everything. It just changes it. So, um, yeah, there's something really, really powerful here. And I, and I want to add one other thing here too. Like, this is God's word, like 2 Corinthians 9, 8, this whole thing. I'll read this verse one more time because I think it's so powerful. So good. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Mm. I've been in seasons where I felt like we don't have anything left over to share with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt, I've been in seasons where I felt like we don't have everything we need, um, where it felt like God's word wasn't true. But the fact is God's word is true. And so we have to refuse to let our past experiences and or even current situation to define our theology. Um, yeah. You know, when the word says this, like we need to go to God and find out why it's not our current circumstances aren't lining up with the word and what mm-hmm. he said. But we can't just base our theology and all of our thinking about um, about our financial situation based on our experiences, you know. And I mean, there's another thing here is that it is it's telling us, because there are seasons where it's like, we don't have it, okay? We don't have everything that we need. And I often give the example of when I gave birth to my son, I was sitting in bed and someone was spoon feeding me and I felt so ridiculous because I am a grown woman. <laughs> I feed my children, but here someone was feeding me. And there, there was a vulnerability and kind of a humility in letting someone else feed me that I think is really good. But also, like, someone else is there, not in my position, that is able to do it. Yep. And I, I, I think we oftentimes think, well, I should be able to do this for myself. I get that. But I also think that that's a, a, a pride issue. Um, not so much of the, I know I can do this for myself, but I should be able to do this yeah. for myself. And not letting anyone else give towards you. And we yeah. have to be really careful with that because... Since it is more blessed to give than to receive, if you are not allowing someone to give to you, you are actually removing the blessing of the giver. Yeah. The blessing that the giver is going to receive because they're giving. Yeah. That's powerful. So, and, I, yeah. and I think a lot, so many people miss that. Like, because, yeah, I yeah. mean, I feel like a lot of times we're, we'll give a gift to someone, but like, no, 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 I can't take yeah. that. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, and we're not talking about when someone's giving you something to manipulate you. That's not what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> Just more, to be clear. More in we're trying to give a gift and be a blessing to right. someone and they feel like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is. They Maybe. feel like it's too much. They feel yeah. like they don't deserve it. There's a lot of different things there. Yeah. But um, there's yeah. something to that about the learning to receiving. be a good receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like when you understand the whole principle of this thing, of this sowing and reaping and the way that God designed it, um, like you want to receive, to allow the other person to yeah. receive the blessing. Exactly. Because if it's a blessing to give, to give for to them, receive. for you to receive the thing, then it's going to be more of a blessing for them to yeah. actually give it. All right. So All I right. want to move on to the enemy's plan to yeah. destroy our finances, you know, because he has a plan for you. God has a plan for you, for us our finances, but the mm-hmm. enemy does as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Man. 
Like that's his job description. Um, I have never really put those two things together. Like that the enemy is coming for my finances to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, and so where I want to go with this is I'm convinced that a big part of that, of his job and what he's doing is trying to get us out of alignment with God's way of doing things. Mm -hmm. If he can get us to miss the mark, um, because God's system for multiplication is really simple. Like if you just look at this fact that God created some trees and created people and these animals, whatever, 6,000, however many years ago, um, and yet now it's still happening like if they're just continuing to reproduce and it's like, sure, there have been some endangered species and some species that have gone extinct, but in most cases it's because humans got in the way, you know? Right. And so if we can just get out of the way and mm -hmm. stay in alignment with how God does things, uh, like the multiplication is just easy, but yeah. that's where I'm convinced the enemy is coming in and trying to screw up and derail us and get us off the mark and out of that process with him. Mm -hmm. So, and the beautiful thing about this, like, or let me just say this, I think really a lot of this is the enemy is just trying to get us to stop planting seeds. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many believers who have just stopped planting seeds or found themselves in a situation, in a season where it's like, um, it feels hard to plant seeds. So yeah. I'm going to stop planting seeds. Right. But any farmer knows that like you have to keep planting seeds. You are not going to have a harvest next year if you do not keep planting seeds. Mm -hmm. So you can you have to keep planting seeds. You never eat all of your seed, right? Well, and I kind of wonder if there's something too. You know that scripture that talks about you know the the seeds fell on rocky ground or they were choked yep. out by yep. the you know. And I think you yeah. know it's definitely talking about people getting saved and like people who hear the Bible and or hear the gospel. Yeah. And some of them receive it and others might receive it and then lose it or, you know, just turn it down altogether. But I wonder if there is more to that than just that one example. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what's so beautiful about the word is there's so many different parallels in the way all these pieces tie together. So, yeah, I, we need to add that to the list and explore that. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you talking about like give, giving obviously is one of the things that we're talking about here. And but I think that there are a lot of believers who give and are like, nothing really happens. Yeah. And I I think there's something there to explore yeah. <laughs> in your heart, in the Bible, yeah. with so, the Lord in your prayer time, you know. But <clears throat> if we continue to plant seeds mm -hmm. um, and just don't stop that process, like the enemy is going to attack and he can attack, but he can never overcome God's set in motion plan yeah. for multiplication. Mm -hmm. So if we just keep planting seeds, um, we're going to prevail in the end, mm. you know, because he cannot defeat God's plan for multiplication. Yeah. So anyway, um, I want to look, just kind of flip over, like I was just kind of breaking this out into a chart. I'm going to share my screen again. Um, a little bit of, pull this up. Yeah. So just kind of breaking out God's plan versus the enemy's plan, mm. okay? So the enemy's plan is to destroy. Like, that's what he wants to do. God's plan is to multiply, okay? And so yeah. what that looks like is, you know, if we come to John 10.10, 10, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is his job. This is what he does. Um, you know, and on the other hand, we have Jesus saying, I came to give you life to an abundance, you know, mm -hmm. um, to the full. Yeah. That whole thing. And then again, back to 2 Corinthians 9.8, which we're just repeating over and over and over again. 
this idea that there's a purpose for the abundance. Mm. It's to be able to bless and to be share, to share with others. Um, but the enemy's plan is that we consume everything, that we eat all of our seed. Yeah. Because if we do that, then it breaks this cycle that cannot continue. You know, once all of the seed is consumed, then it has to be reinitiated some way. We need to be given something else, you know, like it just breaks the cycle. Mm. Whereas God's plan is we consume some, but not all. We consume some and then we um, do what we'll get to in a minute, what we're going to do with the rest of it. But, but Ian, this is directly out of 2 Corinthians 9.10. The enemy's plan is that we're borrowing. So not only are we, um, if the enemy has his way, not only are we consuming 100% of what we get, but then we're borrowing from someone else and then consuming what they gave us. Mm. <laughs> so it's like setting us back even further. Yeah. You know, whereas God's plan is that we're the lenders and that mm. we're the ones who have the extra to be able to lend to someone else. If we go back to um, Joseph in Egypt, like all of the nations around him were blessed because they had an abundance and they were able to sell that grain to all the other nations and to be a blessing to them. Mm -hmm. So it's just so powerful when you think about it that way. Um, and then the enemy's plan is that we would be thinking short term. Mm -hmm. And again, this is back to when we planted the apple tree. And I'm like, this thing is going so slow. Nothing's <laughs> happening. And then I show you this thing, how you can take one apple and turn it into 78 billion trees in 28 years. It's like, it feels slow, but it's actually moving really, really fast. Yeah. You know, and so God wants us to be thinking long-term, thinking beyond the moment, yeah. right? The enemy's plan is that we would hoard mm -hmm. and just not be loose with it and, and have the scarcity mindset of, I have yeah. to hang on to what I have. Whereas God said, I want you to be open-handed and to scatter mm -hmm. with everyone. And this verse from Proverbs, um, I forgot exactly how it's worded, but let me see if I got it here. I thought, uh, I thought I saw it on there. Yeah. There's one who scatters yet increases more. And then there's one who withholds more than is right, and it leads to poverty. And so, yeah, powerful truth there. Yeah. And then, and I love this, the enemy's plan is that we are led by fear, because God doesn't mm. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. So like when we're experiencing that, that is the enemy. And so he wants to lead us by fear to maintain what we have. Yeah. Whereas God wants to lead us by faith to grow and multiply what we've been given. And this is what we see in Matthew 25. So... Um, the parable of the talents. We have the three different guys who are all given um, something by their owner, okay? And the the two were led by faith and took what they had and multiplied it and increased it. And then the other one was led by fear. And because of that, he didn't do anything with it. He buried it in the ground mm -hmm. and he, to just maintain what was there. Mm -hmm. And as you remember, <laughs> the uh, master didn't have great things to say to him. So it's like, that's not where we want to be. That's not what we want to be doing, right? Naked and lazy, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So let's get like pretty practical and start tying this into our money and what this looks like. And mm -hmm. so what this looks like practically is when we get paid, you know, again, this is our instruction from 2 Corinthians 9. So go read that chapter. That can be part of your homework is listen to this. But yeah. some of what we um, comes into our hand is meant to be consumed. Yeah. Like, it's okay to feed your family. It's okay to do all kinds of different stuff. But mm -hmm. the point is that you never eat all of your seed, okay? Mm -hmm. Some of it's meant to be consumed. Some of it is meant to be planted. Um, and what that looks like is we get paid. You know, we take care of our family. We provide the needs of our family, which is also very biblical. Um, you know, right. but within that, we are always making sure that we're planting seeds, mm -hmm. okay? And so that is... Um, 
you know, essentially what we talk about with the never 100 rule, this idea that we never eat all of our seed. And so what we're doing with the rest or what we're making sure we do every month is we're giving some, we're saving some, and we're investing some. Mm -hmm. And so the giving side is we're, we're um, sowing seeds in the, the spiritual realm. We're watching God do the things that only he can do and yeah. that are really, really difficult to measure. Um, but on the natural side, like we're planting seeds in investments, in things that are going to grow and increase um, that money. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to what that looks like in just a minute. Um, but I want to transition to like what this looks like supernaturally minded because, um, or super or whatever, this is the wrong adjective. Really naturally. Really naturally minded. Okay. Looking at this from a natural perspective of what this looks like with the middle class mindset versus a wealthy mindset. Oh, okay. Um, because, you know, we both grew up very middle class, yeah. um, you know, and that's our world. And I would say we're still very much middle class. Uh, but I don't think that we have a middle-class mindset anymore, which we used to. And, and if not, like we're working on removing it as much as we can. And so let me pull this up and share this screen right here. Boom. So just kind of a couple caveats before we kind of dive into this a little bit. Uh, so the point of all this um, isn't about wealthy people being better than middle-class people or whatever. I hope you know that about us by now. That's not what it is. Or even that one is right or wrong. But it's about the mindsets that each have and the different results of those mindsets, mm. okay? And the other point to mention here is that you don't need to be wealthy to have a wealthy mindset, you know? And in this example, we're going to take these two people both earning the same amount of money, but with different mindsets and approach to how they do that. And the fact is, when you get that mindset right, um, ultimately it yields a different result and very well might lead to you becoming wealthy, right. you know? So... So that's what we're after, like getting the yeah. right mindset. And it, just a small caveat to that, like in our True Financial Freedom class, one of the big things we talk about is your heart and what's going on in your heart and how there is not any amount of money, great or small, that should be getting in between us and the Lord. Um, and, yeah. and there's not any amount of money that he cares about more than he cares about the condition of our heart. And so, yeah, um, yeah as we talk through some of this, I, I just want to keep that in mind, that that is for us the the number one, all yeah. right? So some of these other things are just practical, yeah, more yeah. practical things. But yep. if that is something that uh, you struggle with, take the class, read the book. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of help, like there's a lot of stuff that I, I feel like we need to, we need help on that with. Yeah. Um, especially in America and Western culture in this day and age, it's very easy to for everything to just be about how much money you have and the image that you're portraying of yourself. So anyway. So, um, all right. So some of you were asking for scriptures earlier. We'll get, oh, we'll get all those listed in the show notes after we get done. Mm -hmm. So we'll have everything there for you to kind of, um, get out of all that. Right. So I want, all right, we're going to look at middle-class Mike. That's this guy. He doesn't have any eyeballs. Mike. Neither does wealthy Wendy. <laughs> and Are they both middle-class? Well, the, she has the wealthy mindset. He has okay. the middle class mindset. But they're both earning fifty k a year. So, um, so yeah, I would say that's squarely middle class. Um, so Mike's middle class mindset is that he gets income from his job. You know, fifty k a year. He's got his money, and then all of that money goes into these. What I really like all of what he's spending his money on. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? that? That martini, his fast food, his car. Yeah. And travel. 
okay, and cool. travel. So this, this is what um, this Mike is... is spending his money on. And, um, and so we're, the definition of liabilities that we're going to take is the same as um, what Robert Kiyosaki talks about in his book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and which essentially liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. Okay, mm -hmm. and so he defines an asset as something that puts money in your pocket, a liability that takes money out of your pocket. So a really simple asset and liability would be? Uh, asset? Yeah, a home? Uh, yeah, maybe, a spe property. but especially a, an investment property. An investment property, okay, like that would a really be, yeah. easy idea. A dividend paying a... stock, like whatever. We'll what get into that in a minute. What about for a liability? But... Just a yeah, really quick any one. of these things are all liabilities. Okay. Like you buy a car, it's not putting money in your pocket each month. It's taking money out of your pocket, especially if you have a loan on it, right? Right. You know, you buy food, it's not putting any money in your pocket. Food it goes down in value. It's a great one. Um, so the point is, what can you put your money into that is going to add money back to your pocket? And so mm -hmm. in Mike's case, he doesn't put money in any of that. Like he puts money in this. And so that $50,000 is all gone. It goes into this and it's gone. There's no cycle that's happening here. And that's the difference. Because a wealthy mindset with Wendy here, she's taking first part of her money and putting it into assets. Mm. Things are going to put money into her pocket. And then those are going to generate more money. And that's going to add and increase her income. And so this cycle just continues. And so she still is buying these things because we have right, to buy we them. have to buy them. Like we have to buy food. Like most of us need a car. Um, uh -huh. Most of us need a Louis Vuitton, right? I mean, I'm just kidding. Um, but you might need a purse. I've been trying to tell you, you know, that for years, Paul. I have to have one. <laughs> it's a necessity. It's a necessity. Yeah. Just kidding. Anyway. So anyway, so the point is like you still need to buy these things. Right. Oh, my screen just disappeared. Okay. You still need to buy these things, but um, but to first... Put some of your money in there. You never eat all of your seed. So this mm -hmm. is a seed. Your income that you get each month. This is your seed. So are we going to consume all of it and not have anything else to kind of build and create this cycle? Or yeah. are we going to split it out and make sure that we're planting some seed? And we're not talking about giving. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, just on a natural in terms of investing, in terms of increasing um, that whole right. thing. So this then, is what any financial expert in the world would tell you. Right? Uh, I mean, I don't know that. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know I don't know what, what I'm every financial. I don't know what you're saying actually. <laughs> well, I mean, tell they me would tell saying. you don't don't spend everything you make, well, invest, yeah. or you know, save and. Yes. That sure. that is the a very basic, right? Yes. Never eating all of your seed. Never spending every money, every dollar that you have. Yeah. And again, in our book, we we call don't this number one hundred. <laughs> we call it the number 100 rule. But here's what happens right. after you do this for a while and you put this money, you go through a cycle and mm -hmm. each time you're adding more money to assets that are increasing and generating more money, like eventually you get to this point. And this is where it's really cool, where now you're putting money into the assets and they are generating enough money to pay for all the liabilities that you need in a given month and providing the income that you need. So it's this combination where wow. it just keeps going. And so we can split out what we get off of this. And so we generate enough money from our real estate investments or our dividend paying stocks or whatever to that supports our lifestyle and that covers all those gotcha. liabilities, things we have to buy yeah. while still creating extra money that can be put back into that cycle to just continue to increase. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so anyway, so this is the difference between um, what I'm calling the middle class mindset versus the wealthy mindset. And again, you're going to like, this is a very generalized example. You're going to find plenty of wealthy people who aren't thinking this way and plenty of 
middle class people who are, but this is the beautiful thing about it. It's like you, you get that mindset right and it begins to shift how you're managing your money and ultimately where you end up. Mm-hmm. But this is how I see God's multiplication process. It's like taking the same principle that he applied with plants and these apple trees that we're talking about. It's like, how do we take it and just multiply it? Because yeah. it's the same thing. Like we have that one apple and we can do whatever we want. We can throw it in the trash can and nothing will ever happen. Or we can take those seeds and kickstart that process mm-hmm. and continue to nurture those trees and expand and expand it. Um, and that's what this is. And yeah. that's why this is so powerful. Love that. That's great. So. Yeah, and this didn't even account for giving, which is a whole other yeah, and we can, exciting thing there. All right, before we get to that, hang, hold yes. that thought one okay. second. So um, coming back to Robert Kiyosaki in that book, he said something that was really powerful to me. He said, the wealthy buy luxuries last, whereas the middle class tend to buy luxuries first. And this is... I feel like when I think back, um, I, I've seen this a lot. Mm. Um, I was guilty of this a lot. Like, in <laughs> fact, I remember going to, you might have heard me talk about my millionaire mentor. So there's this guitar teacher that I went to who was a retired school teacher who didn't begin investing until his late 30s. Um, and at the time, he was in his 60s and retired and multimillionaire many times over. And so I was, I was asking him for money advice. I'm like, you've done well. What can I learn from you? Tell me right. something. Because he was teaching me guitar and he was also teaching me about that. And um, and I remember, I remember him talking to me about it and uh, a couple different things along these lines. And and it was really funny because I, wa- I remember walking out of his house um, and looking at my car in the driveway next to his car in the driveway. My car was five, six years newer than his. And... And anyway, I just bought this brand new car and it was just a really funny illustration of this idea that he, that I, very much middle class and done with my money at that point, was wasting my money on having a brand new car to mm-hmm. impress people, whatever, all that stuff. And whereas he was like, I'm not going to buy a brand new car until um, all my investments are willing to pay for it. Um, yeah. And so he did the same thing. One of his investments paid off his house, you know, and it's like... You know, so that idea of, again, this comes back to the long-term perspective of what we were talking about. The short-term mindset is I got to have it now. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to be patient. Whereas God is thinking long-term, thinking generationally. And that is how you really uh, succeed and and excel with your finances, you know? So back to what you're saying. I feel like, too, he was probably a lot more comfortable in that. Because he was kind of like... Who cares if I drive an old car? Like, it, it, it wasn't yeah. something that was personally, you know, offensive to him to have an old car. He was just yeah. kind of like, sure, that's fine. That car's fine. It'll get me from here to here. Um, it probably wasn't the number one thing that he was excited about spending money on. And I feel like when you are, uh, when you have that different kind of mindset, you're not as bothered by things that aren't, shiny and bright and new. Yeah. I think it has bothered me it bothered me a lot more when I didn't have money to not have new things, to not have nice things or whatever. It bothered me a lot more because I felt like I was trying to compensate for something. Like there was something there that I was just like I have to I have to make everyone think something. You're running a different race. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And it yeah. it does. It changes your mindset because I I remember intentionally stepping out of that race that I was on 
and stepping into a new race. And so now I didn't care what my broke friends were doing Mm -hmm. and how I wasn't going to impress them with the newest this or that or the other thing. Because I'm like, listen, I'm not... I'm not. I'm done playing that game. I'm in a new. Yeah. I'm in a new realm over here. Like doing something completely different, that yields different fruit, and and so yeah. And so and I think initially, like there, there's a, um, I don't know, a little bit of an incubation period or whatever where it's like, this is foreign to me because I'm so used to right. playing that game. Yeah. I'm so used to carrying what everyone thinks. I'm so used to mm-hmm. their approval or whatever. Um, like. You know, we we both talked about people we've had in our lives who, for whatever reason, like insisted on playing this this race with us or running this race. Where oh it's my like, gosh! We're not we're not running not, that race. Like, why are you that. trying to care. compete with us about like, this? Like, I literally like, had someone look at my wedding ring and be like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Excuse <laughs> me? How rude!" First of all, but also it just was like, I don't care if your ring is bigger than mine. What does that have to do with anything? What does it matter? Oh does that mean gosh. your marriage is better? It didn't, yeah. by the way. Boom. Boom. That's all I'm going to say so, about that. Um, anyway, point in that is, like, we get to choose what race we run, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and I don't want to run that race. And so I think that's what you're saying is, like, once you step out of that, it's like, yeah, I don't really care. I don't care. Now, that said. There's, like, a freedom. It's my like, point in this isn't to just be, like, um, never buy a new car or whatever. Like, right. it, it's not this, uh, yeah, be starving for 30 years so that you actually have a little bit of money. Like, that's not the thing. Like, we advocate for yeah. spending money on what's important to you. But mm-hmm. within that, like, you can use wisdom and you can think long term about what's important to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If traveling is important to you, it'll be good for you to not spend every dollar you get on travel right now. Like, right. if you want to travel over the rest of your life. It would be beneficial for you to put some money aside, plant some seeds so that you can travel over the next 30, 40 years mm-hmm. rather than just this moment. I have to spend everything I have yeah. on this trip right now. Yeah. There's a way to do both. There is a way to do this in a balanced way. Mm-hmm. So all right. coming back to this whole thing, this whole concept of never eating all your seed, mm-hmm. um, when it comes down to it, there are two main things that we do with our seed. Like So uh, by planting it, we do it by giving and we do it by investing. So giving is in the spiritual realm. We are planting that seed there and we're watching what God does. And he's got some fantastic promises about how he likes to multiply what we're doing um, that you can read all throughout the Bible. But then like in the natural realm, we're planting seeds as well by continuing to, you know, kind of follow this cycle here Mm -hmm. and just putting things into that, into motion that way so that we're we're getting our money to work for us. We're we're putting it into things that are going to grow and they're going to multiply and increase for us. Yeah. So... Yeah, one last thought here um, I'll, I'll say is that the multiplication process um, allows us to overcome um, opposition. And I think this is what most people don't realize because when you're in that cycle, middle class Mike cycle, where it's essentially paycheck to paycheck, you earn your money, it all gets spent, you have nothing left. You earn money, it all gets spent, so you have nothing left. Mm-hmm. When you're multiplying, um, you are able to withstand the attacks of the enemy in various different forms. Uh, and this is, again, comes back to God's plan for multiplication, which, you know, getting specific on what we're talking about here in 2 Corinthians 9, this idea that not all of the money that comes in is for us to consume. Mm. Like, if you can understand that and, and, you, and you follow that rule, that guideline that God laid out, that not everything that comes to you is for you, if you yeah. understand that, 
um, that begins to just shift this, shift you into multiplication mode. Mm. Okay. And so like just natural illustration of this is, you know, people are cutting down oak trees left and right to burn fires and to make furniture and to whatever, like all this build houses. Yeah. But um, oak trees just continue to multiply. And I don't know, I haven't, sure. lo I haven't looked this up, but I just, I haven't heard that we're running out of oak trees. I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> and that's because the multiplication power of what God yeah. put in there is just so... It's so powerful. It's so strong. Yeah. yeah. And it just keeps on multiplying so that you can take some oak trees, you can take them off, you can use them, you can burn them up or whatever, which was God's design and intention. It's the same thing. He wants us to spend money. He wants you to take your family on vacation once in a while, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but just not all the time, not with all of it. It's not all for you and I, right? Yeah. Like we have to plant some seeds. So I know some of this um, in certain seasons is easier said than done, you know, because we're talking at a very high level, um, a lot of what this looks like. But it's important to, to get this mindset and allow this to seep in. Um, and there are these seasons where it's like, this just feels like this is really hard. This yeah. feels like I don't know how to do this. Um, and so in those situations, this is where we have to invite God in, mm. okay? I mean, and again, I don't want this to be cliche because this is this shouldn't be cliche that we pray and we bring God into this equation. Like, this should just be the thing that we as it's Christians do, but it's also thing. the thing that I think we forget about so many times, yeah. that God wants to be part of this process, that he created the multiplication process, so of course he wants to be involved right. in it, right? Um, so we're going to pray in a minute. Um, and we'll do that. But the other thing to add here too is that even if you're in a, in a season where you don't feel like this is, you're not seeing the multiplication factor in your world and what's going on. Um, at the end of the day, like I love this verse in Matthew six twenty six because it puts this whole thing in perspective. It's like even though God put this multiplication process in place, um, look at what He says here. He says, "Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow and they don't reap." They don't participate in this multiplication factor the way that we're talking about. Now, in terms of um, in terms of reproducing, I think they still actually do. But in right. terms of them sowing and reaping and everything we're talking about here, they don't do it. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Mm. And how are you not much more valuable than they? Mm. And so even in those really tough times, it's like we can still trust and depend on God as yeah. our provider because we are more valuable than those birds who don't do any of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but we have the opportunity to take what we've been entrusted with, whether small or large, and to begin participating in this multiplication um, that God kind of designed and set in place. Yeah. So with all that, um, let's pray. And then um, if there's any questions, we can kind of answer some from there. Yeah. So God, I thank you, Lord, that you set this system in place. You created this multiplication um, method, practice, whatever, just the way you designed all this stuff. And I pray that you would help each one of us individually to, to get a hold of this and to apply this to our lives um, in terms of the area of giving, but also in the, in the area of our finances. And how can we take what we have and put it into things that are going to grow? Mm -hmm. And it's going to look different for a lot of us, Lord, but I pray that you'd give each one of us wisdom on what that looks like. Um, and so that might mean starting a business that might mean investing in some stocks or investing in real estate or any number of other things. It's going to be different for each of us and that's fine. But I pray that you would guide us on what those things are that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I pray that you just give us wisdom, like you promised in James five, if we ask that you would yeah. give it or James one five, if you, if we ask, you'd give us wisdom and I pray that you would do that. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So thank you all for hanging on with us. 
And um, yeah. let's see if we have any questions here. Did you see any questions coming through? I didn't really look. Okay, great. I was uh, listening to you. Well, thanks, darling. Okay, so we are going to throw in those... Um, and we'll throw in those scriptures into the um, description of the YouTube thing. So you can mm -hmm. come back and check those out. We'll try to have them up soon. And then also in the uh, show notes, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll be able to hear that there as well. So. You mean see that? See that. Yeah. See that as well. See that. But anyway, hope you're having an awesome day. Hope it just gets better from here. Yeah. And um, we'll see you in the next one. Take care, all. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.